Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, where every week we strive to lead younger generations on a path to virtue through the insight of Stoic teachings and personal stories from our lives as Gen Z Stoics. Welcome to this week's episode of the Gen Z Stoic Podcast. As of the time of publishing, it is a new year, it's 2024, so we'd like to extend our well wishes and a happy new year yeah. to our entire audience. And today's episode is going to be covering a lot of New Year's things, how to make 2024 better than 2023 with the advice mm-hmm. of some wise Stoic philosophy. And on top of how 2024 is going to be a far better year than 2023, we're going to go over our personal resolutions. Also, we will be going over habits to build and books that we would like to read and also announcing some major podcast changes. So please stay tuned or we could just announce them first. I think we should announce them first. Right. So some updates that we're going to be doing into the new year. We are going to now be on Rumble. We've added a new platform. We're going to be on Rumble. And we've also, as people who apparently have been tech illiterate for a while, we have started to finally use AI to its capability. So you will be seeing a lot more in terms of content, a lot more in terms of just overall presence in your feed, because we have decided that it's time for us to sit down and take things more seriously and spread the message as much as possible of what we bring to the table here at the Gen Z Stoic, which is just... Outside of stoicism, just a lifestyle change from what we've currently seen. You know, you can read it on our website when we talk about why we started the podcast. Our generation chooses to seek temporary satisfaction, pleasure over some long-term goal, a purpose that gives them meaning in everything they do. And when that is lost within a generation, then the generation itself becomes lost and it wanders off its path. That's what we're trying to change here at the Gen Z Stoic is we noticed all these things in high school and so we said... Maybe a podcast is the way we go about changing, bringing true true change to our generation so that they kind of get back on path, get back on path to a path that throughout the course of history has proven to be a successful one where a society is overall successful. Right. These changes are all geared towards that, bringing that message out there. And when you're on a college workload schedule, as I'm sure many people can relate to, there's not time to give 100% to the podcast. And so with the help of AI aiding us in kind of editing all of these things and just more intentionality behind what we're doing with the podcast this upcoming year. We hope to kind of flood the market is what I like to say with content right. rather just than just do one episode per <clears throat> week and leave it at that. We are also going to be starting a new kind of form of podcast episodes and it's going to be what we're calling stoic readings. And that's where we take, whether it's Marcus Aurelius and Meditations, whether it's Seneca, whether it's a more modern Stoic, we take the works of these famed Stoics and commentate on them. You know, it's one thing for us to sit up here and say, oh, well, Seneca said this, Epictetus said this, and this is what we believe. And it's another thing for us to say, all right, let's read the entire text together on air, and you or I will give commentary on what we think it means and how we can apply it to our own lives. Right. And that's what these are going to be. They're going to be short 10 to 15 minute audio podcast episodes where we will read maybe a letter that Seneca wrote mm-hmm. or a short passage from meditations or something along those lines so that you can get a true sense of what is being said and have more of an understanding of the school of stoicism purely from the words of the Stoics themselves. 
I think the overall, like you said, reasoning behind why we are choosing to advertise a lot heavier and put more emphasis on, you know, like you said, flooding the market with this content is because while we did reach, you know, a fantastic number of people in our first year of podcasting, we're almost to our um, one year anniversary, I guess, of starting this podcast. But in that year, we made a lot of progress and we've also realized that there are a lot of things that we can change. And so putting a higher emphasis on the marketing point of view is going to help us reach more people, help our message get out to, you know, across the world even further than we already have. And yes, with the Stoic readings, it's it's not going to be long and they will not be on YouTube or Rumble. They will only be on our Spotify or RSS platforms like Apple Podcasts or Samsung Podcasts, etc., because it's just going to be, like Ren said, a 10 to 15 minute audio recording, but it will be a thorough analysis of a reading or two, you know, a, an excerpt, a letter, a paragraph, a passage, whatever. Week to week, we will each be publishing our own individual readings and interpretations of those readings on top of a weekly episode. So we are trying to put more out more efficiently. So with that, I think we can move into our resolutions for this new year. Right, and I think we can kind of rehash what we said almost crazy enough a year ago in terms of resolutions are good and bad. I'm a big believer in the concept of an arbitrary date that's set on a calendar should not be the determining factor in my behavior. So just because the calendar says, hey, it's a new year, it's not time for you to just completely flip the script in your life. Right. One, that's unrealistic. And two, it's unhealthy. I think that's kind of our disclaimer. And it's the reason why when I was thinking about resolutions this year, I was thinking more about the habits that I want to strengthen rather than the behaviors that I absolutely want to 100% change. And the habits that I want to strengthen this year are all really discipline related. It's, you know, continue to go to the gym, continue to work on the podcast, continue to grow business ventures, continue to give my efforts to, you know, stocks and crypto. And the one kind of goal, I think the concrete goal that may be considered a resolution is at some point in the next year, I would like to either with you or independently do some sort of speaking engagement, right. some sort of public speaking activity, whether that's like a mot motivational seminar or something like that. I'm a big fan of public speaking. Otherwise, I wouldn't really be doing the podcast, obviously. And these kind of events for Gen Z, we kind of have looked at like the cliche, some dude hops up on stage and is like, everybody give me your loudest roar and all these kind of cliches like get your energy up that's not really what gen z needs for motivation our generation and i've noticed it firsthand when i went to college our first week there they had some motivational speaker there who did all the cliches what would your superhero pose be and there's no disrespect to that kind of strategy but i feel like it doesn't truly resonate with our generation because our generation sees through that and says well this is bs this doesn't help me and instead what we need is just the absolute truth, the hard hitting truth. And so for me, these public speaking engagements are a way to kind of give back in the sort of sense to where I can kind of understand what Gen Z wants and needs out of a motivational speaker. And I think I can speak to that effect. I'm not going to say I'm going to go up, up there and absolutely crush it, but I feel like I have more to give than just hosting a podcast, co-hosting a podcast. And so that's my one kind of absolute goal if I had to discuss a resolution. But like I said, when you're building these resolutions, it shouldn't be somebody who's 400 pounds and has like terrible habits saying, oh, I'm going to absolutely flip the script and I'm going to go to the gym every day and I'm going to lose X amount of pounds and my life's going to change 
It's just going to do a complete 180 because that's unrealistic, unhealthy, and it's going to just lead to you being disappointed and one of the people, many, many people, who gives up their habits within two weeks of New Year's. Right. You're going to be one of those people who goes to the gym for two weeks, says this is too hard, and you're back on the couch. Instead, just look at a few minor tweaks because I feel like minor tweaks are kind of the start of pushing you towards mm -hmm. that path. And so when we look to New Year's resolutions, I feel like we are kind of repeating what we said in the previous episode on New Year's resolutions. But look at minor habits instead of major outcomes because that's that's what I'm personally doing and what I recommend. Our New Year's resolutions are relatively similar. One of the habits that I wanted to build was getting into the habit of practicing speaking more. And ultimately, one of my resolutions next year is just to be a better speaker in general. So sitting next to a 2023 speech and debate champ is humbling because when I hear him talk, I'm like, yeah, I sort of, I wish I could speak like that. So one of my goals, especially for the podcast and just to sound more fluent and just to be clearer is getting better at speaking overall. And so like you were mentioning the speaking events that we could go to and speak at one would help getting, uh, help us get better at public speaking, but also just it's good practice for speaking in general, the more well-versed and confident you are when you are speaking, the more credible you sound and the more credible you come across as you will give off a better first impression to those you are speaking to. And then with your point about, you know, instead of changing major things, just making minor tweaks, one of my habit or resolutions ultimately is putting consistency over perfection. Now we do have an episode from season one about why a perfectionist mindset is destined to fail. And that's absolutely true. And though, even though we do preach these things, we aren't perfect. And I've always struggled with a perfectionist mindset. I like to be very particular, very matter-of-factly about how I do things. So understanding that mistakes are kind of just a natural part of the evolution of the process is going to be good in understanding and developing what a consistent mindset is going to look like instead of valuing delayed perfection over just consistency overall. Also, with sort of, I guess, the speaking point, I want to read more. Certainly, there's plenty of books out there to read. There are infinite amount of books to read on, you know, stoicism, self-help, whatever you're interested in. And reading, I believe, will just also, one, give me more information, but two, help me get better at speaking. So I guess speaking of books to read, I have two big books that I really am looking forward to reading this next year. And one is almost impossible to get at my library. So I came to the consensus that I'm just going to have to drop a few dollars and buy it, but it's The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And I've heard tremendous reviews about this book that are just, that it's an amazing, not even necessarily life-changing, but it's just a very good read. And I am very interested in human nature and just how we think the psychology of humans. And so understanding that, in my opinion, would be good for, for myself. And the second one is stoicism related and it's called how to think like a roman empire or a roman emperor by marcus aurelius again just more mindset approach we talk about in stoicism almost in every episode how it's mostly just a mind shift switch um like being gracious right how gratitude isn't actually changing anything in your life except for the way that you perceive things so i figured you know how to think like a roman empire if i can figure out how to change my mindset then i may be better off as an individual i already brought up one book that in previous episodes when we talked about stoic joy that i just got and i'm looking forward to reading it's called a guide to the good life the ancient art of stoic joy that's one stoic book that i would like to read this year i feel like 
I have read quite a bit of philosophy in the past year, almost too much in a sense that I've become overwhelmed by it. So instead of like philosophy books, I like the Robert Greene book you brought up. One book that I would like to read this year is Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. That was third for me. I, I actually can't believe that I haven't read that book already. Yeah. But rave reviews, you know, Jordan Peterson is a controversial figure, but the book itself is a very apt kind of summation of the rules you need in today's society where things are chaotic, things are overwhelming, you're inundated with information, with social media, with kind of indirect attention, I would call it, 24-7. And this book is something where, yes, it's not philosophy, but it's philosophy kind of adjacent in terms of it's helpful. It's helpful and it tells you about behaviors, mindset, and all those things that create a virtuous and wise life, which is something that I strive to live out. And one thing that uh, we didn't really mention about resolutions, I don't really recall if we meant, I'm sure we mentioned it in the episode a year ago, is when you're making resolutions, my kind of piece of advice here that I haven't already explained is always consider the dichotomy of control when you are kind of making those decisions. Epictetus says some things are within our power while others are not. Within our power are opinion, motivation, desire, aversion, and in a word, whatever is of our own doing, right? Whatever is our own action. Not within our power are our body, our property, reputation, office, and whatever is not our own doing, right? So if you have health issues, that's not your fault. It's not under your control. You know, you have a, you know, disease or something, your reputation, all of those things. So when you're making your resolutions, you have to keep that in mind and think about it really, really seriously. Like when people say, you know, okay, like one of the most popular resolutions, eat healthier, right? In theory, that is under your control until you realize that your body is different than everybody else's. So your body needs a different set of diet. So maybe you aren't eating healthy. Like me, certainly I'm trying to bulk up right now. So I don't necessarily eat healthy because I care about one thing on the nutrition label and that's the amount of protein. That's the only thing I care about not the amount of ingredients, how healthy those ingredients are, just as there's a lot of protein. That's my desire. So somebody else's classification of that may not be healthy, right? but for me it is. And the problem is when people make these wishy-washy kind of resolutions, they always care about what other people think as well. When they're eating healthy, maybe to somebody who has a different set of circumstances, they say, well, that's unhealthy. And you kind of have that imbalance there. And so it's kind of a wishy-washy resolution to make. So that's just my final piece of advice for that. And then obviously we have the books to read. And if you're somebody out there who's like, well, what books should I read? We have the main three, right? We have we have Meditations right here, Meditations right here. You got Seneca's Letters to a Stoic. You have Epictetus with Discourses. And I will never stop recommending those basic three. Especially if you are new to Stoicism. Those are like the three best starter package books that we can recommend to you. And if you're looking for a more modern book, The Practicing Stoic by Warren Farnsworth, we recommend that book for a more modern take, I would say, because it's always good to compare modern Stoicism, contemporary Stoicism, whatever you want to call it, with the ancient school of Stoicism, because things change. Obviously, society is way, way different than it was back during the time of Roman emperors and ancient Greece and all those things. So if you're somebody who says, well, I don't want to look at the historical perspective, I want to look at what should I do now? The Practicing Stoic, or really any book by Ryan Holiday. Those are about to say those, those are two recommendations that yeah. we kind of give. Those are books that have kind of 
informed our opinions of contemporary stoicism and what we base a lot of kind of the things we think off of we start where they start where right. we start where they end and then we think about hmm what have we experienced throughout our lives right and it's the like you said the daily stoic is great and ryan holiday is a very accredited you know podcaster and author and we get you know when we're doing our research you know before episodes and we're looking at our facts looking for our quotes Etc. He is definitely a name that appears in our search bar quite frequently because he is a probably one of the most well-known modern Stoics, and rightfully so. You know, he's very intelligent. He has a lot of great insights. He has his website, his podcast, his journals, etc. And this isn't, you know, necessarily an advertisement about the Daily Stoic, but that's also a good place to start out if you are new to philosophy. And one of your resolutions is how can I, you know, fo help work on self-help? How can I start with philosophy it doesn't even have to be stoicism i know it's called the daily stoic but stoicism isn't very fixed when it comes to the th the topics that it covers you'll find a lot of parallels between different types of philosophy so you know stoicism or existentialism there's all kinds and you'll find all these parallels if you really start to look into them so you know the books and it's interesting that you mentioned the jordan peterson book because i was gonna write that down for myself but i figured that you would already bring it up because he's someone that, like you said, he is a controversial figure, but that book isn't controversial in really any way if you are looking at it through the lens of self-help and how you can become a better individual. Which, speaking of being a better individual, how is 2024 going to be better than 2023? And ultimately, it's going to come down to developing one thing. And having outcome-based goals isn't necessarily a bad thing. But having goals that reflect more on your system and designing this system for yourself that's going to be efficient and that's going to work for you individually is how you're going to succeed next year instead of ending up in the same place where you started. And you can learn to focus on the things that you can control. And this is where you brought up the point that, you know, like you said, you're like Epictetus said, your reputation you know, and having a personalized goal. That's exactly the point that I was trying to bring up is everybody's goals are going to be different. So if you have a vague resolution, it's going to be unobtainable because you haven't specified how personal it is to yourself and you haven't analyzed yourself in depth enough to understand, like you said, what eating healthy is going to look like. Everybody wants to eat healthier, but if they stay vague, they're going to stay unobtainable. So if you don't even know what it means to eat healthy for you and for what your goals are, you're not going to get anywhere. It's all about intentionality in 2024 is being intentional and being very precise on what your goals are going to be. That was my number one New Year's resolution for this year is being more intentional with my time. So that could look like when I'm focusing on a certain task, being more intentional with the time I'm putting into that task or with people, being intentional with who I give time to and how much and how much energy I spend with the people I surround myself with. So. All I can say about 2024 is it's going to come down to how intentional you can be with yourself, with your actions, with others, and with the things that you are dedicating all of your focus to. And I think that's a good resolution, but I think this is an opportunity to kind of explore how we can change resolutions for our audience. And this is, I don't want to critique your resolution, but you talk about being too vague. And I feel like when you say intentional with your time, that can be construed as kind of too vague. And so when we talk about New Year's resolutions, making it specific means something that sounds good like that, something that is purposeful like that, apply it to one area first. 
whether it's like the podcast, the podcast, intentional with your time with the podcast, or intentional with your time with your friends. But whenever you make your resolution, think about if it can be more specific. And if it can be more specific, make it that because then it's more likely to succeed because you're starting smaller and smaller sure. and smaller. And when I say, you know, we make 2024 better, I like intentionality, but I also like traits. And traits of the practicing stoic in 2024 who's making their year a lot better. First and foremost, I think start out with kindness. I'm somebody who, you know, we talk a lot about division within our country, America, but also the world, you know, and that's maybe not a stoic concept or something that closely relates to philosophy, but it's something that is in the forefront of a lot of people's minds. You know, you see it on the television, you see it in social media, you see it in news. There's a lot of division out there. 2024 is going to be a presidential election year, so we're going to see even more division in this country. So the practicing stoic, first and foremost, practices two traits, and that's kindness and understanding. Kindness and understanding in a divisive world go a long way. We've certainly experienced in the past year, kindness and understanding makes enemies, sadly, because people don't understand, and having a person who's non-confrontational, who's understanding, who's kind, who doesn't engage in kind of that track of confrontation, then you get escalated against because people don't understand why aren't you engaging. Right. But the practicing stoic makes their year better by approaching every situation by saying, this is another human being that I'm to treat with respect, with dignity, no matter what their opinion is. And we can disagree. We certainly disagree on things. But the practicing stoic is going to set aside those differences and realize that this is a human being just like me picture the good in that person, picture that that person is trying to progress in their lives, in their context, in their story, and apply kindness and understanding instead of division or anger or any negative emotions. That's the mark of a true stoic, is when you are presented with a situation that's frustrating, whether it's an argument or a discussion that gets heated or just some sort of negative situation, do you respond in turn to what society has kind of normalized, where you get angry, you yell at the person, or are you going to be what I am calling the practicing stoic? which is you practice kindness, you practice understanding, you try to understand their side of the issue, and you don't get frustrated. And that's a core stoic concept, but it's one that is kind of important to emphasize when we talk about how do I make 2024 better. If you say, hey, well, in 2023, I did pretty well with those traits, then you can still do better. I can still do better. You can still do better. Anybody can still do better because as human beings, it's in our nature to get frustrated at times. And being frustrated internally is fine as long as it's, you're not showing external frustration with the person. And even with that being said, when you practice it further and further and further and you never say, well, I'm good at that, so I don't need to practice it anymore, you start to notice that even internally you become less frustrated. Right. Now, I become frustrated very often, especially with somebody who's very politically active, likes to you know, obviously debate people. I get frustrated very easily and very frequently. Mm-hmm. But very, I've worked on it and very rarely – within the context of that situation, do I act out upon that frustration? And I think that's something that is the mark of a successful stoic and something that's gonna be the mark of your successful 2024 is it's kind of unavoidable to talk about controversial topics at this point. You know, people trend because they talk about controversial things and go viral and then they'd get discussed all over the world. So it's kind of illogical to say you can just bury your head under the sand and aren't gonna have to deal with frustrating controversial situations. So you might as well get ahead of the curve by practicing these kindness and understanding. And I have more traits about what makes 2024 a great year, but I'll let you continue first. I would, and I would just say as well, 
that instead of trying to control, you know, what happens to you this year, focus on how you react to the things that you cannot control. That's also equally as important of a part to making your year better is if instead of focusing on, you know, something bad happens and you say, I can't believe this happened to me, blah, blah, blah. Focus on how you react to the situation, because if you become a person who is very flexible and uh, despite their circumstances, then you become a very powerful individual. If you are someone you know who undergoes a lot of adversity, but you're able to react quickly and logically and think your way through a situation, you're going to become stronger than you ever have been in your entire life because you are analyzing a situation for what it is and for how you can benefit. You can see it as a challenge. You're simply just changing the way that you look at these adversities that walk into your life unexpectedly. So when you talk about being kind, that's a great way to start with this, right? You know, if someone's having a terrible day and you're just simply practicing being a kind person, then when someone's, you know, rude to you, you're kinder with yourself. And so it's easier to react to those situations. And then, like you said, externally, it's important to not show. But even internally, like you said, your life is going to become a lot more peaceful because you've been subconsciously rendering these ideologies that I only control what I can control. And I'm only worried about the things that I'm in control of. So you're going to stop worrying about the things that happen to you and you're going to be more focused in, on, instead on what, what's my next move? You know, what's my reaction? How can I walk out of this in a win-win scenario for both people or for, for yourself? Resolutions are sort of something that strike ill will in me, I guess, because a lot of people, I think only 9% of people stay true to their resolutions around there. It's like roughly 9 percent don't quote me on that or fact check me but it's around nine percent which is the point is it's very few people so talking about this is important because we're trying to show you how stoically your new year's resolutions really aren't as big as you might think they're, they're not as big of an obstacle as you might make them out to be at first if you really break it down and focus on the simple things the best analogy i can think of for you know starting a new habit is you're climbing a ladder, right? You focus on one rung at a time instead of trying to jump three or four at a time and make the big leaps. It's all about the small steps in between. Details matter when it comes to building a habit. And really, in anything, details are very important. There's a reason that they say this isn't stoic, but there's a quote that says the devil is in the details. And that's usually why details go, you know, unnoticed. And that's sort of what catches up to you if you're more focused on your outcome rather than your system. If you're focused on building a detailed system that's going to help you in your process and achieve your goals, then it, the outcomes are naturally going to come your way. And now that's not saying you shouldn't have, you know, like an end goal or visualize where you want to be in a year. But if that's only where your focus is, you're going to skip over a lot of major components in the process that are critical to making you a better individual next year. It's going to be difficult at first starting a new habit. And a couple years ago, my habit was going to the gym. And that was the habit that I told myself I was going to start. You might not see results in building a better habit for a month, even two months, maybe even three, even a year, depending on what it is. But that's no reason to give up. The delayed gratification only makes your habit and your decisions more appreciated in the long run. And even if you aren't seeing results, but you built a better habit, that old, that in itself is already great. You're already better than you were yesterday if you're getting 1% better every day. It doesn't feel like it sometimes when you get so caught up in the moment. 
you know, looking at your habits and looking how far you come, you sort of feel like the same person. The best example I can think of is body dysmorphia. It's very easy to look in the mirror as someone who's been lifting for a couple years and see myself as the same person that I was when I started. Clearly, that's not the case. But if you track your progress, that's another thing with your habits. If you start tracking your progress, one, you're going to be more compelled to actually build this habit because you're, you're consciously tracking down your progress. But also in times where you feel like you haven't gotten anywhere, you can look back at your records and say, hey, I remember even a month ago I was here and I've already made a few small steps forward. Don't expect it to happen quickly. If you're watching all these, you know, garbage reels and TikTok videos that say, here's how to be a multimillionaire in, you know, a month. Here's how to get a six pack in 10 minutes. It's garbage. Real success and real results come over time. Months, years, maybe even a decade, depending on what it is. And your, your point with how my resolution about being intentional was vague. You know, for me, I know what being intentional is going to look like in the specific areas, but... That's a, that was a good point. I sort of said, don't be vague, and then I was vague, <laughs> which is funny, but my point in saying that is when it comes to my intentionality, I know the specific areas of my life that I want to be more intentional. Like you said, the podcast, I want to be a lot more intentional with the advertising. We've both sort of simultaneously agreed on that, that we're both going to be a lot more intentional with the message we're putting out and how much of it we're putting out, how much time we're really spending. It is difficult with the college schedule, but that's only an excuse that if we're more focused on what we can't control, then we're not gonna get the results we want. So what are we gonna do? We're gonna control how we react to our schedules and we're just gonna work around it. You know, we're gonna put in the time and the effort and we're gonna make this the best podcast on Spotify. Yep. And one, one trait that I would like to add it comes from this kind of concept that wisdom comes from questioning. If we want to take a direct quote from Ryan Holiday, it says, if we ever do want to become wise, it comes from the questioning and from humility, not as many would like to think from certainty, mistrust, and arrogance. One trait that I'm actually going to do more of, we might call it stubbornness, but I like to call it questioning everything. As you walk through life, there's a lot of things that we kind of just accept as mainstream ideas. And if anybody who knows me well can attest to, I don't, I don't agree with that concept. Whenever there's a mainstream idea, I like to push the envelope and ask questions about it. Social media, you ask a lot of questions about it, things start to fall apart with the negativity of social media. So when you walk through life, if you want to become more intelligent, more of a wise person this upcoming year, question everything. Don't accept anything as a fact. Stay curious. Right. There's, uh, I, I forget who said the quote, where everything we hear is an opinion, not a fact, right? Everything we hear, you know, whether it's the most trusted news source or it's two teenagers sitting in a basement making a podcast, it's an opinion. It's not a, it's not a fact. And we have too many people who set their idols, maybe, or people who they think they can look up to on a pedestal and say, well, they're just right. They're right all the time. Even the people who I idolize, I'll always say that if somebody doesn't like them, sure, you may not like them, but what they say is mostly correct. They're not always correct, and I always look into what they say, even if they're somebody who I like and I agree with generally. Because that's the mark of an intelligent person, somebody who thinks forward, somebody who questions everything and just doesn't sit there and take everything as fact and doesn't do their own independent thought. Because then when you're pressed for in a situation where you do need to independently think, it's not there. And we can blame society and kind of 
the laziness that we have progressively seen within our generation for that concept that a lot of our generation can't think for themselves. It's a stereotype thrown around by older generations, and it's a stereotype I peddle too because I've seen it, and it's true. But the way that you combat that, the way that you make yourself more intelligent in 2024 and improve upon this past year, is you question everything. You don't let things sit there and just be in existence without questioning, without vetting. Because then not only do you become smarter, but then when you go out in the world and you have to defend your positions, defend your beliefs, you've already thought through why you believe in those things. You've thought through the research of why that's true, why that's a good opinion, why that's something that's defensible. And it makes your life a lot easier because instead of like most people sitting there and arguing, say, well, I saw this off TikTok. I saw this off Instagram, which is a completely bogus argument. Sorry. Don't do it. It's Terrible. a bogus argument. Terrible. You're somebody who can sit there and say, well, this study said this, blah, 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 blah. And you have common sense, really. Common sense. You have common sense and researching skills, which are something that serve you well. You know, we're, we're, we generally serve a young audience, but when you get into the workforce to this younger audience, when you get into the workforce, those two skills are going to pay dividends, right? The ability to research and think analytically and critically will go extremely far, especially in our generation where it seems like on average, we have less of that than previous generations. So if you exemplify those traits more than other people, you're probably more likely to get hired and you're probably more likely to have more success and therefore a more successful year. So that's one trait we haven't mentioned yet. And so if you want to become that strong citizen, have a strong 2024, question everything. And before you move on to if you had a next point, even not necessarily even just the ability to think critically and, you know, ask the questions and question everything, but just even having the drive to do that and just having the curiosity to learn is going to take you places. And we mentioned that we are using AI to leverage this podcast. And you'll see in schools now, you know, everyone's guilty of this and if you say you're not you're lying that we've all used ai to do an assignment right so the different and this is sort of why one of the things that i would say ai is not good about ai is it sometimes compels people to not do the work and to not think and people see it almost as when the internet came out they said oh well why know this when you can just look it up terrible ideology to have now is ai going to be very prominent in the future and now Absolutely. If you use it for the right things. So instead of adopting the mindset of, well, it's everywhere, information's everywhere, therefore I don't need to know anything, still continue to think. Because in our society, I can tell you, there aren't going to be many people who see AI and think, oh, I can leverage this in a helpful way. They're going to see it more as, oh, this is just free homework or free assignments, free grades, free results. That's the problem. They're focused on the result instead of the process to actually get there. So continue to think critically in a society that's completely dependent on answers that are available everywhere but couldn't you know if you ask people like basic facts nowadays it's almost impossible for them to answer them without having to look them up there's always those instagram videos that i find hilarious that guy who goes around like the big city and asks people basic questions and because we're so reliant on the fact that answers are available everywhere we don't have to know these things it's tearing us apart so like Bren said, question everything. And I've <laughs> I've been called a, a conspiracy theorist friend, for sure. But at least you're questioning something instead of staying stagnant in your beliefs. And even when you have well-researched beliefs and opinions, surround yourself with people who challenge them and force you to com- still think about them occasionally. Because if you 
you know, research your beliefs, but then you stay in those beliefs forever. Even that isn't great. You still need to surround yourself with adversity and people that are going to challenge how you think or offer new perspectives. That's the only way to learn. You learn something else and then you hear a new perspective and then maybe you learn more about something that you thought you were a master at. So that's a great piece of advice is question everything because a lot of times what the mainstream says isn't necessarily going to be the full story or the full version of the truth. So dive into something deeper if it sparks your interest is look for answers yourself. Do the research for yourself. Use other search engines besides Google and Safari to find your information where it isn't, you know, censored or maybe not even available. You know, create your own reality with the information that we have. But don't just necessarily accept the facts that someone's tell you. Someone's going to tell you based off of who they are. Just because they're in a position of power doesn't mean what they say is necessarily true. If I find it interesting you mentioned ChatGPT. I saw a study the other day where it said 20% of college students said they've used it in the past year for plagiarism or cheating or something like that. And I laughed at the study. I laughed at the 20% figure. This is kind of just a personal deviation here, but the 20% figure is hilarious because it's at least double that. Um, I mean, who's going to admit? Right. You know what I mean? But it's, it, it speak. you mentioning ChatGPT is, is a good point because it speaks to the laziness within society now is that people, instead of typing into a search bar and then having to find an article that supports something or fulfills their curiosity, they have to type it into an AI tool so that the AI tool can tell them and they don't have to think for themselves and search for themselves. And that's kind of a microcosm of how lazy we've gotten with information and knowledge within society, which is the scary place, right? When a society's educational standard is destroyed, then the base of the society is destroyed because we can't think for ourselves. And now that tangent is over. The final two things, final two traits that will make 2024 a better year than 2023 are being appreciative and being purposeful. I'll start with being appreciative. We've talked about thinking small, being specific, and being appreciative ties directly into those things because you have to be appreciative of the small things in order to truly grasp how great life is and how great the big things like a house or car are in your life. You have to be appreciative of the small things. And so my kind of challenge, I've seemingly issued a challenge every episode for like the past five episodes, but my challenge from this episode is if you make a New Year's resolution, on that list should be every morning write down one thing that you are thankful for. One thing, make it a part of your morning routine to actually physically take the time to write down one thing that you are appreciative and grateful for. And you'll start to notice that once you notice the small things and give thanks for the small things, you become a lot more content with your station, right? Because you could be going through it, you know, your girlfriend or your boyfriend broke up with you, your social life's kind of a mess, or like you fail an exam. But then if you have this journal that's compiled throughout the years of just hundreds of small things that you're thankful for, that are probably still around, your your ability to become resilient and get through those situations without doing negative things and really experiencing those negative emotions and acting upon those negative emotions, it gets heightened because those small things matter so much but go unnoticed. And before you say gratitude journaling is dumb, write down things you're grateful for every day and do it for a year and then come back and tell me it's stupid and I guarantee no one's going to come back and say that because it does really make a difference once you start to notice the small things. You are very appreciative of what you do have. Absolutely. And you start to outwardly display these tendencies as well. I would say when I'm talking about be appreciative, 
it's not an outward show of, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, all this, like, look at how great I am for being appreciative. It starts internally. Right. Because you have to change your system for it to be able to work within the system of society. So for you to just be displaying all this appreciativeness, sure, maybe my, people might appreciate it at first, but it comes off as disingenuous. And you want genuine appreciativeness to flood your life. Because then you are surrounded by people who value you and are going to continue to give those things because you continually show your appreciation for them. No one likes the spoiled brat who doesn't show appreciation for anything because it's not worth it to that other person. And so they give less and less of themselves to that person. If you're somebody who wants to give their energy to other people and have some pe people invest their energy into you, practice appreciativeness. And finally, practicing purposefulness. We just did a couple weeks ago the 101% principle. And now people say, you know, my life is not going well for X, Y, and Z reasons. You know, family life is not going well. Social life is not going well. Or something's going on with your life. It's a very overwhelmingly negative experience. And the piece of advice that I give, and now I'll clarify, I am not qualified professionally, licensed, whatever, Disclaimer, we're to, not professionals. To, to give this advice in a serious manner. But the advice that I always give is, what's your favorite hobby to do? What's your favorite thing to do? And then, you know, the answer. Whatever that thing is, devote 101% of yourself every single day for at least a month to that task and see how good you can get at it. Now me, I'm a gym rat, I always say go to the gym. I really like Andrew Tate yeah. when he says, you know, he says that he gets these emails about people who are depressed and he says, get a six pack first. Now that's a gross simplification of the issue and it's obviously not always going to work. But I think the concept that he's hinting at there is one that's correct. And it's the concept that when you have all these negative things going on in your life, instead of focusing on the negative things and letting it build up and saying, oh, my life sucks, how about you try focusing on something that you enjoy and see how good you can get at that thing over a certain time period and then come back to those negative issues and, and see say, the results. And, yeah, and say, well, really, how bad is it? So while it's a gross oversimplification, I love that quote because it's a good concept. And that's also what the 101% principle is, right? If you're somebody who's struggling, 2023 was a rough year for you, practice that principle in 2024. Think right now, what do I most enjoy doing, doing in life? What is my favorite hobby? What is something that I can do and give 101% to and enjoy it for 30 straight days? A hobby that isn't days. watching TV shows, a, a productive hobby, let's say. Right. And do those things, mark your progress, see the results, and see how much better you feel. And to me, when I did that with the gym, that established a sense in me of how great purpose is. When I, when I was at miserable points during my first semester of college this year, it was a lack of purpose, and we already talked about that. Right. But when I'm at the gym, the reason that I'm so happy when I'm at the gym is because it feels so purposeful. And so that's my final piece of feedback, my final you know trait, what have you, when you're going into 2024, is practice purposefulness. You know, Devote yourself to a productive task. 101%, 110%, give it your all for a set amount of time and see the results. Yep. See the results and nine times out of 10, I hate to say it, you're gonna see the results and you're not gonna be happy and what's gonna happen is you're gonna continue to devote yourself to that task. Which is ultimately making you better. And all of a sudden those negative problems you were experiencing, they're still there, sure. They're still a problem, you still have to deal with them but you also have this shining light, this results that you're very happy about, this purpose that you're very kind of devoted to, to also focus on so it doesn't become all negative. 
And so that's my advice to people experiencing negative things when they come to me. It's also my advice when we talk about 2024. Absolutely. Once you see the results and you sort of unlock part of your potential and you can see the things that you are capable of if you really apply yourself, then you become absolutely addicted to the process. Then it's not even a matter. And I'm not saying there aren't going to be days where you don't want to show up, but that's where your discipline is going to stem from is seeing what you're capable of. You're going to take it as a personal challenge to become the absolute best version of yourself in whatever you're doing, whether that's making money or going to the gym or something that you are passionate about and is productive and benefiting you in a way. And then when you come across adversity, like you said, not only are you going to have that light in your life, but you're also going to know how strong you can be because there's going to be a situation in your life where you've already applied yourself, where you've gone 101%, you showed up the days you didn't want to do, you ran the extra mile anyway, just to be better. So it's not going to be easy. And it's not going to be promised results right away. But what is promised is that you become better, even if you're you know, chipping away at a rock that isn't going to crack for a couple months, the, you're still going to get stronger and make progress. Just keep showing up day after day. Be relentless. You know, take it as a personal devotion to yourself or the higher power you believe in, if you believe in one, to be better. Work for something bigger than yourself and do it for more than just your own benefit. Right, and my my final kind of takeaway here is the 2024 message from the Gen Z Stoic podcast. And the 2024 message is, is that Gen Z is ready for purpose. Gen Z is ready for philosophy. Gen Z is ready for the message that we are bringing. So the Gen Z Stoic in 2024 is going to be the beacon in our generation against all kind of the darkness of social media. Social media, society as a whole, seems to want to push you towards temporary satisfaction. Let's scroll on our phone for hours on end. Let's go to parties. Let's Let's not focus on our education or becoming wise or having a purpose or wanting to change the world. Let's instead focus on how I can have fun this week. And in all of that messaging, we stand out with our message that says, that's all BS. That's all BS. Sure, you're happy now, but 20 years down the road, we are going to look back and be regretful of what we prioritized. But 2024 is the year where Gen Z faces a choice. And so the message is choose purpose. Choose purpose. Choose to explore philosophy. Choose to question everything. Choose to build those habits that make you successful. And us at the Gen Z Stoic, we're going to do that with the podcast. And we expect that our audience is going to do the same in their lives. And we're excited to grow with our audience. And that's our 2024 message. And with that, we will see you guys next week. Have a happy new year. Stay safe. Make good decisions. Write down and be very intentional with your resolutions. And thank you for watching the first episode of 2024 at the Gen Z Stoic Podcast.